Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And how's it going, man? <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you're about to accuse someone else who is who I didn't know who it would be, but you just asked me how I am, which is fine that you asked me that, and the answer yes. is also fine. I'm glad. I'm glad you're fine. Yep. Sometimes sometimes all you need to be is fine, and that's okay. It's fine, it's fine. Just it's like fine. Jake said. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Random, did you watch the new Adventure Time special? No, not yet. I forget. Yeah, me either. I didn't realize it had already come out. I saw the previews for it, but I didn't know it was out already. Yeah. I saw a commercial, but... I don't know that Man. I will watch it. Ooh. Did you yeah, watch well, the other ones? I did, but none of them... They didn't have Finn or Jake in them. Right. And this one would 100% make me cry. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. I mean, I'll it's watch a, it at some point. Yeah. For sure. Um, I really wish that they would make another good Adventure Time game. That's that's mm, something. Yeah, that's, it's too bad that they left off on uh, that pirate game. Yeah. Which is it, just wasn't good. Yeah, not great. If it had just been Adventure a pirate times. game and not also a turn-based RPG, maybe it would have been good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it was too bad. Yeah, it's definitely a choice. Um. All right, let's let's talk about instead of games we want to exist. Uh, let's talk about games that we have played that do currently exist. And mm. uh, well, I've there are played... some games that I have played which don't exist currently. Oh, oh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I got them Tenet style by reversing the entropy oh, of the discs. Wait a second, we so we. Does that mean you've watched Tenet? Yeah, or of course you... I watched Tenet. When? I don't know, a long time ago. Oh. Or in oh. the future? <laughs> <laughs> Man, the other my other co-hosts on this show, not this certain show, but like Forrest and Seth have still not watched Mortal Kombat, so I haven't been able to talk about it with my my fellow suplex hosts yet and that movie was a bundle of something and i mm. uh, it was a it was stuff that i liked and stuff that i you know was fine with but i i kind of wish that it had more of a a movie theater reaction so i could actually like i could be in a theater and see how people reacted to this movie because it's so mm. interesting uh but they, I will say, because you've seen the original, the 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 '90s movie, it it is not as silly as that one. Interesting, um, because I mean, I guess the '90s movie knew that it was way over the top, and it was right. campy. But this one, I mean, it does look silly in a different way. Granted, but right, it's um, it is still silly, but it's a, a lot less like self aware about it. Ah, I mean that could be good or bad. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so it's a. Uh, it's still. I 
I recommend everyone watch it while they can on good old HBO Max. They don't pay us for that, but you know, it's still a solid movie and um it's not worth going to the movie theater to see if you've got HBO Max. So You could also on HBO Max watch Tenet. <laughs> yes. Uh in the future or now or in the past, depending on how time the flow flows of for time, you. yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. So let's let's talk about video games. And then you can listen to the uh, uh, freestyle rap about Tenet if you know where to look. <laughs> um, speaking of the weird flow of time, one of the games that I've played was, is, could be uh, Returnal. And mm. um, uh, this game, if you love weird time dilation, uh, if you're a big fan of Tenet, then you would love the premise of Returnal. Um, now, the problem is that I'm not sure I could recommend this game to a ton of people because, holy moly, uh, it is difficult. It is <laughs> a very punishing game. Uh, but let's let's get to the base of the game I, before we just start giving broad strokes. So you play... Um, as this character, my brain is completely losing her name because it's only said once. Is and, her name protagonist? Um, <laughs> no, uh, she she has a name, and I'm sorry for taking away some of her urgency by forgetting it. But literally, the game has told me at once, so I'm sorry. And no other characters interact with you because you're alone on an alien planet. So yes, very urgent. Yeah. It's not like she's constantly referring to herself by name. so Which is weird, because humans do that all the time. Right. I know Seth does it. <laughs> so, um, you, you're playing as this character. You start out with a pistol, and your uh, ship crashes on an alien planet. And you are going to study these aliens called Xenotypes, I believe that's their name. Um, they call them a couple different things. And so at that point you, you go out into the world and the game is procedurally generated. Uh, if you've played a roguelike, that is essentially, that is the game. You know, you, every door you go through has a specific symbol above it. If it is a door that means something, or it could be just a generic doorway by, um, you know, just being a square door on the map and you the game generates itself from that so you kind of hope that you get good roles on the map making so that you can get good stuff and make it you know a solid run because these runs also do take a little bit sure i mean it's a it's a roguelike yeah you know and once you die we've talked about plenty on this show so Right. If you listen to previous episodes, you should you have a good grasp of how this works. Well, I, I just want to make sure because I even though I feel like people know it's a roguelike, I feel like the marketing Yeah didn't do a good they job of explaining they it. They lean this. into the kind of time loop stuff, but not right. into what actually the mechanics of that are. Right. They leaned into the time loop and they leaned into the horror aspects. Which, let me tell you, neither of those things are really the focus of the game at all. It is 80% the roguelike, 20% the other stuff. 
Um, so I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at. I am in the second biome. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, I'm not going to call this a spoiler. So I've, it's been revealed to me through other podcasts and also reading, uh, various articles about the game that there are six biomes in the game. And at once you pass through three, that's when you sort of join the end game. So, um, I am in the second biome and the difficulty spike Seth is exorbitant in the second biome. Um, I, I actually got through the first biome pretty quickly. Um, I even beat the boss on my first try, which felt awesome. I completed it in like three or four runs once I got used to the game and the boss was really hard, but luckily I had this item that let me, it, I haven't gotten it since, so I don't know if it's an item that you can get all the time, uh, but it's an item that lets you revive when, when you die uh, with half health. And so I died and I revived with half health because of this mysterious item I got. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I beat the boss on the first try. Now, the interesting thing about this game so far is that in your subsequent runs, so like I haven't played too many roguelikes uh, except for Hades, right? So at the end of every area of Hades, you have to beat the boss. Like there's no skipping the um, the fates. There's no skipping the Theseus fight. Um, there's no skipping the Hydra. Now, once you beat a boss of an area in Returnal, you don't have to fight it again to get to the next area. Interesting. You you grab a key and you unlock the gateway. Um, so you can see the doorway for the boss like it's signified as on the map when it's showing like it's a red with a upside down like Triforce on it. And you can go in there and try to get a good gun or something from the loot from killing the boss again, but you don't have to, you just got to find the portal room. So in my later runs, I mean, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. But let me tell you that in, in later runs, it has led to me just running through the rooms as fast as possible. in the first area Mm -hmm. to find the gateway to get to the second area, because what happens when you get to the second area is it, um, the one of the things that carries over to subsequent runs is the max power level of guns. So once you jump to the second area, you get the second area level guns as pickups. Um, so you don't have to like slowly level up guns anymore. Like you just are in the second area and the next gun that'll drop will be appropriately leveled for that area. Um, so not also not much carries over uh, between runs in this game. It is it is essentially just you and your skill that carries over. And interesting. This what's it called? This like uh, stuff called ether or ether. Um, and you can buy various things with ether. You can buy there's like a a weird. <laughs> I I don't know how to describe this to you besides a circle in the wall that looks like someone big and strong ran into it and left an imprint, um, like a wily e. coyote type thing. 
So it, there's this giant imprint in the wall with these doors that stick out. And you find out that if you say like spend six ether, which you maybe get like one or two in a run on, in like a one or two hour run. Uh, if you spend six ether, when you die, it'll revive you in that room. It like creates a copy of your consciousness for that run or whatever. So, mm -hmm. you know, typical, I guess, roguelike mechanics. It's not typical to me because if you know me, the like <laughs> the two ro roguelikes I've played are uh, Hades and Enter the Gungeon. And um, this one is ne not like either of those at all in a bunch of senses. Because in Hades, you know, you would carry over these like daily quests and you would also get to level up in the mirror and all this stuff. And Returnal just really relies on you getting good drops and also your skill being the thing that carries over uh, and less so the, you know, like your power-ups. So. Hmm, that's interesting. It's, it's Returnal. I... I don't know if I can recommend it yet. I have hit, uh, man, I, I got to the point where I thought I was near the end of like the second biome and I ended mm -hmm. up dying, but because, uh, this game also does this thing where, um, I'm trying to remember a video game that does this, but like, you you hit a really hard enemy, right? And you're like, holy crap, that was hard. I, mm -hmm. I really don't need to fight one of those again. I'm glad that's over. And um, no, that's just a normal enemy after that point. Like, <laughs> it, it's just in the rotation, and it sometimes can have multiples, and it's like, oh, good, I guess. <laughs> good. Yeah. I, I didn't need to run into you again, but here you are. So... Um, now granted it was my first time making it that far in the second biome. So, I mean, I'll do better the next time cause I know the attack patterns and stuff, but it is, it is brutal. And I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself for sticking through it as much as I have, because you know me, I usually bounce off of stuff like this pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's fun. Uh, but it is really difficult. It feels so good to play, man. The, the controls are tight. It's a third-person shooter, and it's a shooter I don't mind playing on the the, the PlayStation controller. Um, there are times where I feel like I do better with an Xbox controller. Um, but one of the things, the like the way you do alt-firing and stuff, a lot of people have complained about, I actually really like it. It's like it all depends on how far you pull into the triggers and stuff. And it actually clicks really well for my brain. But I can see how it would throw some people off. And you can, in the settings, switch it to just bind yeah. to different keys. But it does make your controller die real fast, though. My, my controller dies in like three hours when I'm playing. It's like, oh, good. This is what I have to look forward to. Um, Dang. Um, that and I've played uh, Pokemon Snap. Seth, which I, I'm kind of surprised you haven't played yet. Well, have you just not picked yeah. it up yet? I have not. Yeah. 
man, it is, uh, it is real good. It's, but it's also, I don't know if I can recommend to anyone to play it because it is just unashamedly more Pokemon Snap. Um, sure. In the best and worst ways. Well, uh, everyone, there's not a human alive who didn't love the original Pokemon Snap that played it. Right. Um, I did spoil something for myself, though, Seth. But I am excited about it. I I hit a point in this game where I'm like, man, am I going to see my boy Shaman? Like, I'm so tired of... Like, I've I've gone through, like, 10 of the 11 areas in the game. I'm nearing the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I haven't seen Shaman. But I... Rev- I it's the only Pokemon I've let myself be spoiled on if that's in the game. Uh, but yes, Shaman is in the game and goes into certain areas once the game has been beat. Apparently, mm-hmm. once you beat the game, uh, way more Pokemon populate the environments. So I'm interested to see what the game looks like after I've beaten it. Huh. Uh, so apparently it, it adds another step up of... So this game is actually, it doesn't work like the original Pokemon Snap in this weird way. uh, Because it it rewards you for playing the same course more. Or just all the courses a bunch. Mm -hmm. So each course has three levels, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One star, two star, and three star. So when you play through the course on one star, you'll get some basic Pokemon interactions. Like you'll see... A Bidoof. Uh, the best example, I heard on another podcast, I'm going to steal it because I actually noticed it uh, while I was like, while I was playing and they talked about, but like in the first star, you'll see a Bidoof with a stick, right? And you're like, okay, that's kind of cute. And then the second star, you'll see the Bidoof like having a bunch of sticks. And then the third star, the Bidoof will have other Bidoofs with him. And they'll have built a dam. So, like, you get different Pokemon interactions and different levels of what they're doing with their own similar type Pokemon as well as other ones um, based on what star level you're playing through the stage on. So it gives you a little bit more of a reward for playing through at different levels. Um, huh. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, there's a good uh, in in one of the further stars in one of the early stages. There's a good Grookey and Pikachu react interaction and stuff. And um, Score Bunny decides to like show off on this sign and fall over. And there's a bunch of good stuff. The one thing I did notice they took out, and the only reason I know they took it out is because I have been trying to make it happen. And I looked it up, and it's not. There's no evolutions in the game. You can't, so in the first Pokemon Snap, you there's a couple Pokemon where you could, like, cause their evolution to happen. Yeah, uh, that like does, throwing Charmeleon into that lava pit would make Charizard come out. Right, and knocking Magikarp into a certain area would make Gyarados happen. That's, that's not in this game. Um, no evolutions, so. That's but too bad. That was one yeah. of the cooler things. I thought so, too. But you you do cause a bunch of neat things to happen besides evolutions, um, like uh, 
Oh my gosh. The other day I was taking pictures of this score scorpi, the weird purple scorpion. Uh, I can't remember his name. But I ended up hitting him with the ball and knocked him over into a tornado and he got swooped up into a tornado. Mm. <laughs> I took a picture of him. It was really funny. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of cute, fun interactions you can have in the game. And it's a good time. It's it's so good. Uh, it's a good, relaxing game to play after getting frustrated with Returnal, for sure. I bet and, it is. Uh, it's good, good stuff and cute. Like, you know, it's, he's taking pictures of Pokemon and they're having fun. So, and you can get that printer. Oh my gosh. How much I saw someone have it or I saw someone that used it. I think this was like a hundred dollars. And yeah, that, that sounds about right. That's almost worth it, I guess <laughs> in a way. Uh, but yeah, mm, no, the one, Ooh, the one thing I do have a complaint about that it's one of the only things I'm not huge on in the game is that there's this weird star rating system for the Pokemon. So each time you take a picture of a Pokemon, it will get a one star, a two star, a three star or a four star, four star. Now, one star is just regular Pokemon activity. Two star is nebulous. I don't know what it is, even though they say it's like Pokemon in motion or Pokemon reacting. Even when I'm mm-hmm. trying to get them reacting, I it doesn't get two stars. No clue. Three star is like a special interaction. And four star is what's considered once in a lifetime uh, stuff even though it'll happen every run if, if you do it. So I don't, <laughs> what, how it decides what is categorized in this, no clue, because if you take a bunch of pictures in a row, they, and you see that they could all have multiple star, like different stars. And, you know, it's, it's probably my least favorite part of this game is that um, in order to consider the the pokey deck it's not the snap decks i can't remember what it's called but it's you have to have one of each star for the poke each pokemon and it's like there's a bunch of them where i don't have a two star and i have no clue how to get it and i'm like i've just kind of given up i'm like i'll just keep taking pictures of you and hope that's considered a two star because yeah. I hit you. It's probably like I, very specific interactions on different levels that you have to find out. Yeah. It's like Which, I hit you with like, a ball. Those existed in the original one, but they were often uh, different Pokemon that you would get from them rather than a specific type of picture of this Pokemon that you've already taken a picture of. Right. And and really, the only reward, too, is like getting a better score. It wasn't like here's the four situations of pokemon picture taking um will you let me have you do you know have you seen on twitter who showed who shows up in this game you mean like at all pokemon wise or human wise human wise uh no i do not know oh man i mean i imagine professor oak 
No, you're wrong. You're the the professor in this game is Professor Mirror, and you he works for the company or the the organization Lentil something something, and it stands for Lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a trusty worldwide known photographer under his employee named Todd Snap. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And he shows up like 20 minutes into the game. But I remember like, he's like, oh yeah, you've got to meet my employees. Very important in the Pokemon photographic world. And I'm like, no way. And then, yeah, Todd got the HD glow up on. Nice. uh, We love Todd. On the Switch. Yeah. So, you know, taking pictures of Pokemon can get you places in the world. Working for Lens. And in Professor the Mirror. World, anyway. Yeah. I mean, and the real world. Kind of. That's true. I don't know that taking right. pictures of Pokemon will get you anywhere in the real world. But yeah, someone right. out there bound to prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, someone's going to have an Etsy store or something that's real successful based off their pictures in Pokemon Snap. Prove us all wrong. Um, Seth. What have you been playing? Well, I wouldn't say I have been playing this, but I did recently. um, So you remember a few years ago on this podcast, I talked about playing A Way Out uh, all in one sitting with a friend of mine? Yes, I do remember that. That that was a great time. as one may know, as you may know, David, and as the view, the not viewer, uh, the listener may know, um, that company who created a way out, Hazelight, recently released their next uh, co-op game called It Takes Two. Um, so I, of course, took the opportunity to phone up my friend and say, "Hey, we should play through this game in one sitting, like we did the last one." Of course, I said this not knowing that this game is roughly twice as long as the other one was. Um, so, spoiler <laughs> oh, alert, oh, no. we, d- we did not get through the whole thing. Uh, we did end on a very traumatic note and have yet to pick it back up. But uh, I think we've played through about half of it. Um, so, It Takes Two is... The premise is you... Um, you kind of start in, like, with the scene of this family. Um, it's a mother and a father, and they have a young daughter. Um, and you see that the mother and father are, you know, they're not getting along. Their marriage is not really working anymore. Um, and at some point, they, y- you're at this dinner table, and they um, tell their daughter that they're getting a divorce. Um, and the daughter, she kind of is like, okay, and goes off to do something. She goes off and, um, she, what, how, how to describe? How how old is this daughter? Um, she's pretty young. Um, I don't think, like, young enough to where I don't think she would know exactly what divorce is. Yeah, Um, that was what I was getting at. Like, how... Yeah, 
Never but mind, she understands going. that like her parents have been fighting, and I guess the idea is that they're. I, I guess she understands that they are not going to be together anymore. I think. Um, so she goes off into this little secret area where she has this book, um, and she like makes a wish to help her parents like fall in love again. Mm. So, smash cut to uh, the parents both wake up as these in the bodies of these dolls that the daughter has made of them. Um, and the, uh, the book, uh, the book of love, um, it comes to life also, and it has this big mustache and it's got this very, um, how would I describe his accent? It's a very, uh, overdone, like over the top, um, Hispanic accent. Um, and the book's name is Dr. Hakeem. It's very funny. Uh, it, it it almost borders on being, like, offensive. Um, but I think it's mostly due for comedic effect. And he's... And, and Dr. Hakeem is... He's, he's this... His voice lines are so crazy. But anyway, so the idea is this book... This, ma- this book has magic powers. And it is going to put these... The two... Um, the, t- the husband and wife through these various trials to, to kind of make get them to appreciate each other and work together and fall back in love. Um, it, the way this takes this, the way this plays out, it is essentially like a platforming game, um, like a two player platforming game, um, where with different like theme stages. So the first stage is kind of, um, you're in the shed outside their house and you end up, um, trying to traverse, was it the shed? Uh, I think the second one is technically the set. The first one, the first stage actually is inside of a vacuum or something like that. Um, because after they come to, they immediately start fighting with Dr. Hakeem. Um, and he brings him, he brings to life this old vacuum cleaner that they had abandoned, who then gets mad that they abandoned him. That, well, that one, the, the husband used him to vacuum up rocks and stuff. And two, that the wife promised to fix... The wife, who is an engineer, promised to fix him and said just threw him in the closet. Uh, And so he kind of sucks you up and you have to traverse through his innards or something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And and then the next one is like you're working through the shed um, and you have to help a... Like a a hammer find its body... Like the head of a hammer find its body again. Yeah. it's very what fun. In the because body horror is this game. Oh, like look, this. you don't you don't even know. This uh this game is absolutely horrific. Uh because <laughs> okay. on the one hand, it are these lo- it's these cute little cartoon characters, but because of that, they can make them die in the like most gory and graphic ways possible. Uh because you know, they're like stuffed animals or they're toys or uh they're tools that have come to life. Like the 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 boss of the first stage is this vacuum cleaner, and the way you beat it is by using its hoses to suck out its eyeballs. What? Yeah, it's incredibly gruesome, and like hilarious, and also super discomforting to watch it happen, because like it's so 
physical looking. Like, you can see it. These eyeballs being sucked out of its vacuum head. Um, also, it sounds like, and and pardon me if I got the story part wrong from what you described. It sounds like the people you're playing as are the real villains. Like, yes, they are terrible. Um, you, and that's kind of what the whole first half of the game is: is them just sort of getting worse and worse until they've reached kind of their worst moment as a couple and as human beings. And then I guess. In theory, the rest of the game is kind of building them back up into nice people, but they are very hard to root for because they're just they're just terrible. Um, yeah, they dump this poor vacuum in a closet. Yeah, vacuum and, rocks and with they're it. Not, they're not. And they're then not they a good suck couple, its eyeballs out. And they're not. A, they don't seem to be very good parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty terrible. Uh. But the game is actually super fun to play because each of the different levels, like, they're all very um, visually different, and they all have... Each level um, introduces these, like, level-specific mechanical things that you have. Um, Like, the first level is just kind of basic platforming. There are, uh, like, vacuum hoses that you'll go through that'll shoot you to different places. Um, And, of course, these are... They're all, like, co-op levels, so... There are basically two kind of uh, parallel, not parallel like physically throughout the whole level, but there are two sort of tracks in the level that are running in parallel. And like, so you, you'll have to do one thing on, on your controller to like open up uh, a pathway for the other player to get through who can then let you get through. So um, there's this kind of uh, asynchronous thing going on, and, and but then also at different times the. Um, the the levels converge into where you're both in the same place doing a similar thing, uh, but like so like the first level is just kind of basic platforming. The second level, uh, the the wife she gets this hammer she gets this hammerhead that you meet who needs to find its body, and so then you get the ability to like smash things, uh, which includes the other player. <laughs> uh, basically, in each I should say in each of these scenarios, you get like a new way to kill your not necessarily kill. But make life more difficult for your uh, co-op partner. Um, and I think, and it also is sort of, it feels implicitly encouraged to mess with them. Because one, first, first of all, it's very fun. And also, at this point in the game, the two really do not like each other. And they have very fun interactions when you do this. Uh, like, whether or whether you're just like, whether I'm hitting the other person with the hammer just for fun or intentionally making them fall off a platform where I, when I needed to use the hammer to make the platform appear. Um, it's very fun. So, And in the, the, the husband in that scenario gets like these nails that it can throw, like uh, Kratos axe style from God of War, that mm. you throw them and then they zip back. Um, and then there's a level where you go inside of a tree and you take part in a war between squirrels and wasps. Um and one of you gets a rocket launcher that shoots matches, and the other one gets this kind of goo gun that shoots explosive goo. Um, it's really, it's really quite fun. Uh, the the way each level, each each of the levels are so distinctly built um, that even though they're using kind of the same core set of skills, they all feel drastically different. Um, and one of, and like the most recent level we did, there was a this like top-down dungeon 
uh, crawling style thing where where you got like uh, it, it basically turned into Diablo for a second, which was really fun. And it's just out of nowhere. It's like they have crammed these little other genres into this game, but in a way that kind of feels very, um, it, it feels very smooth. Like it, it feels really integrated in what is happening in the game rather than it feeling like, oh, here's a bunch of mini games. Although there are a bunch of mini games also, uh, that you can do, which are also very fun to play. Um, yeah, it's, it's very fun. Um, and I, I'm excited to get back to it eventually, uh, and actually be able to play some parts that are maybe encouraging and uplifting rather than you feeling disgusted over every action that you take. Um, yeah, I was, I was saying like this, if this yeah. game is set to make you feel like these people need, are going to, um like get back together in the end or something like it feels like yeah, it's got it's, a flake work it's kind to of, it's kind of strange because like i'm of two minds about it i think that it would make sense not necessarily within the confines of the story but it would make sense to set up the story of these two people who kind of dislike each other uh and then they learn throughout the the course of the game they kind of learn to fall back in love and then are back together at the end. Like, that makes a sort of sense within, like, the gr- the the large, the, the, the vast history of storytelling. Like, that's a thing that's o- that often happens. Um, but also, I don't know that that's where the game is going to go because I could just as easily see the game ending and then be like, well, uh, it's clear that this isn't working and we need to separate. Um because, I mean, looking back to A Way Out, the ending of that game where you thought you, like, have these two guys who who bond over this whole thing and you think they'll both be able to get out. And then you find out one of them was a cop at the end. And then the the very end of the game is a physical struggle ov- over a gun and where one of the other – one of the people necessarily ends up shooting the other. Um, so – I don't exactly know that this is there's going to be a happy ending here, um, and I think it would take quite a bit for them to actually earn it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'll tell you though, the part we left off at. Uh, so at some point, the the parents they realize that something the daughter did is what turned them into this, or, or is because, like. She cried on these two dolls, and it was her tears that brought the dolls to life with the parents' consciousness. They right. figured this out somehow. Um, and so the dad is like, oh, of course. If the tears are what cast the spell, her tears are what are going to break the spell. So we just have to make our daughter cry. Um, and the way they decide to do this is by destroying her favorite doll in front of her. Uh, and <laughs> let me tell you... It is, of all of the games that I've played in my entire life, a um, lot of lot of very uh, gruesome video games, a lot of games with lots of like morally gray characters, um, and a lot of just playing bad characters doing bad things. Uh, this is probably the worst I have ever felt doing anything in a video game. Yeah. Uh, 
like I, I, I really felt just disgusted after what after what happened. Um, and it's not like it's just a cutscene. It's a the game actively makes you do these terrible things to the doll, and I was like that. I feel like my life has changed for the worse after doing that. Um, so it was kind of good that... I guess it was good we stopped there. Because <laughs> it was just kind of... We were exhausted at that point. Um, but I am... I I, I did... I have really liked it. And I am excited to see where it goes next time we pick it up. Yeah, it sounds... Like a bizarre, interesting... Yeah. Uh, experience. It's, like, it is... It's, it is an experience. It's also I can firmly say now it's not one that I would recommend for everyone, um, because like on the one thing this is like a game about um, marriage and divorce and just kind of about relationships in general and you know there's likely going to be things there that could trigger some people or or make some people like very uncomfortable and al- but and also just kind of <laughs> the graphic nature of the. Hor- horrific things that happen in the game. It's like I don't know you, and because it's only co-op, you have to be the right person to play this, and also play it with the right person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, especially seemingly with all of the things you can do to mess with the other people. Um, yeah, though I will say that never ceased to be funny when we did it. <laughs> Well, yeah, of course. It's like uh, it's like when you finally realize, or you first realized in like Halo co-op that you could kill each other. It ends up becoming a sort of, you know, uh, a small one-on-one multiplayer match for a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, it is. And a, luckily, the like the game is very generous with respawning, so. You do something to kill your partner, they immediately come back. So it's not like a big deal. Like I said, I think it's it's pretty like implicit that they want you to mess with each other. Yeah. But yeah, that's about uh, all that I have. Anything new that I have played recently. Um, and that was solely because me and my friend carved out like a day to, to actually do this. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been tough to find the time or find the desire to play stuff lately so maybe hey. uh maybe next week i'll have some more it's, of course it's I, how and it goes yeah yeah and we do it we have resident evil 8 coming up so that'll be fun to <laughs> yeah. talk about if you <laughs> yeah hopefully oh man the hopefully i have the mental bandwidth to play that game uh it's, it's <laughs> That game, like Resident Evil 7, took a lot out of me because it's just so high tense. And playing Returnal has been like my hands are sweating because of the situations I'm in. Yeah. And so it'll be fun. Uh, I, I didn't, luckily I have because Pokemon Snap came out. I've only, I'm only like two levels into Picross S6. So. I'll just have that as my cooldown game because I'll probably be mostly done with Pokemon Snap by Friday. Um, but all right. So with that, we'll be right back after the break with the news. Hi, Big Joe here, and I'm here to tell you to check out Suplex the Sticks on all social media platforms at 
at Suplex the Sticks. Links for the socials and the invite to our Discord are in the show notes below. Subscribe and review the show on your favorite podcatcher. And while you're at it, let your friends know about the podcast. It's the best way to help us grow our community. And with that, back to the show. And we're back. Let's talk about this video game news, Sith, and okay. how there's not a lot of it. <laughs> um, okay. But le- there is some good stuff in here. Um, quick note, if uh, I talked about Returnal a lot in the first half of the show, come to find out if you have updated the game since then, you're going to have to reinstall the game completely because some patch they pushed out hurt the game. And so now it's turned into a real-life roguelike where you might lose all of your save mm. progress forever. Fun. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I don't have more details on it because they also have not really put out more details. So it's interesting. Luckily, I don't think my game has updated, so I'm just going to not play the game for like the next week until I see a better a tweet saying it's fixed because I don't want to lose the progress I've made. Because um, Lord knows I'm probably not going to beat the boss on the first try the next time I get to it, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, go play that game though. It's fun, but wait till it's safe to play. Um, Seth, I'm sure you have seen, and we've talked about this on the show before, but that Epic is in this big lawsuit with Apple. Yep. And now it's, now it's in the courts. I think we're on like day three or four of, yeah, something like that of court. Um, and some interesting stuff has come out, uh, since, uh, since they have started doing this. Um, Luckily, a lot of gaming Twitter has um, been very thorough in keeping up with everything, which is great. So, um, shout out to Rebecca Valentine, who, like, she does, like, live tweets of what's happening uh, she works for IGN, but she's been doing like live tweet threads of what's going on in the courtroom um, based on what they're hearing That's and stuff. Fun. So you you get to see interesting stuff like, uh, you know, execs being told to point out a PS5 out of a lineup of consoles. <laughs> and it's like... Uh, or someone or, asking what Kotaku is. Right. Like they, they're... It seems yeah, like every once in a while I'll see tweets about it come onto my timeline and I'll be like this seems real dumb. Yeah, and I wouldn't the if I saw like you tweet something like that, I'd be like, "Oh, that's actually a funny joke that that would actually happen in a courtroom." But these people are doing it inside the live threads of what's happening. And so yeah. it's like, "Oh, that's that's real <laughs> and it's it's real unfortunate uh it yes, sounds like <laughs> it's true it's it's uh, weird that i think it also has this weird um it's got this level of 
both people who follow video games and people have who have know nothing about video games can look at what's happening here and say, "I don't understand this." <laughs> yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of the curtain being peeled back here for the gaming industry that mm-hmm. the obviously I'm pretty sure a lot of people aren't comfortable with. Um, it seems like they got, I'm looking through her thread today to see if there's anything fun, uh, where I guess there's an argument in the court today as if Epic considers Fortnite a triple A game at this point, um, which is interesting. Yes, it is a triple A game at this point. Uh, but they're like, um, but they, so some of the bigger interesting tidbits here. Um, Xbox thought Breath of the Wild 2 was going to come out last year Hmm. based on their predictions on how other companies sales would affect theirs Yeah, they they thought Breath of the Wild 2 was going to come out last year and they also thought Metroid Prime 4 was going to come out in 2019 Uh, which I think there was a point where people thought that but yeah, then that had, that had to be some like early predictions that they were making, right? Because it seemed like everyone and their mom knew at some point. Yeah, these aren't coming out for a bit, right? But of course, they so, probably make these uh, forecasts much farther in advance, and they're not necessarily like updated day to day. Though I don't know, maybe they are. Maybe they're just dummies. Or maybe they have inside info and stuff just got changed. So one thing that I did find amusing, uh, Rebecca Valentine was tweeting about this. I guess in the past in Microsoft slash Xbox's financials, they kept accounting for this thing called a third-party comparable that was affecting their sales. And the theory always was that it was Fortnite. And Mm -hmm. it was revealed through the court proceedings that the third-party comparable was indeed Fortnite. Uh, (laughs) So, like, I guess this, like, two-year-long mystery of what is the third-party comparable has finally been solved. Um, It was exactly what everyone thought it was. Right. I mean, which, if you think about it, like, Fortnite is so big at this point that you got to imagine that console people got to be looking at it as they might take money from us at this point because of how big they could get. Some people won't care about our game because of something cool Fortnite could do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, trust me when that Marvel event hit, I was mainly only playing Fortnite. Um, So it, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting look into some of the ways they view this. You you look at it as just a game, but they kind of look at it as a competitor as a whole, which is fun. Um, but also it got revealed that Fort Epic has planned or has plans or did plan or they're still coming for Samus skins, The Rock skins, and Naruto skins. Mm. Uh, so yes. they, I'm, Samus, of course, 
hotly debated among on this podcast is whether or not she would be a Fortnite skin. I, I of course, still don't think it happens. I think it would have happened if it was going to. Uh, but yeah, this clearly shows that there's a check in the box for David uh, and that they did have plans at some point. I bet you that it's even so far as to it's been made uh, or at least there's solid work put towards it. Uh, I'm also I'm, uh, Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga skins. Uh, are you just joking? No. Oh, I would I would buy a Lady Gaga skin. But I also don't know how Lady Gaga would feel about being in a game where she's shooting people up. That's I don't know. Also, which Lady Gaga costume would it be? Ooh. You know, that's a good question. But I would want the one where she's a motorcycle. Mm. I would want her from A Star is Born. That's a very subdued Lady Gaga. Yeah. Um, I honestly, even though Samus seems fun, uh, I would pay money to be the Rock, which is so oh, stupid. For sure. But I, they I would, would make mountains of cash off of the Rock skin. Uh, it would be great. Like, give me uh, you know, him being buff and just like a white tee. That that'd probably be one of the skins. Then there it would might be... be the thing with the the turtleneck and the the fanny oh, pack. Yeah. The turtleneck and fanny pack would definitely be an alt skin, and then maybe him in like his wrestling gear. That would probably be another one. But the turtleneck and fanny pack is iconic. Gotta it have truly that. Is. Um, and the other thing that was kind of gleamed out gleaned out was that sony gets a bigger cut of certain v bucks sales um and that's their sort of sweetening of the pot so that they will shut up and let cross-platform happen um so they get a better cut than say microsoft on certain v bucks sales Mm. so it's interesting uh, you know, uh, some of the court proceedings have been weird. We, we're talking about this in our discord occasionally. Um, and it's, you know, there's nothing else too big, but it's, it's very interesting to see the gaming, uh, community and stuff be put out there like this, uh, especially when everything is always so secretive with yeah. gaming companies. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's any more crazy stuff that comes in the coming days. Apparently, each of them have like 15 expert witnesses or whatever testimonies that like, it's going to be a while. They, you know, this thing will go on. Um, But let's talk about other things. Uh, Seth, tell me about this game builder garage thing you dropped into the discord yeah well i mean nintendo dropped it just on twitter randomly today a new Mm. i guess it's a game it's more like a creation tool that they are uh releasing so do you remember um how when they came out with those labo things it had that kind of 
programming system where you could create your own stuff with the Labo, like using just kind of a a basic visual programming language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember so, that. So, yeah. Uh, it was cool, and it, it wasn't a thing that they... They didn't, like, super highlight it all that much. Um, and I never saw... I, I don't know, like, how widely used it, it was by people. But it seems they've taken that and just turned it into its own thing. Um, but now what you can use to just kind of create... Uh, I, I would say rudimentary but i don't i don't know the like the the complexities of how how much this work um like so the the trailer they dropped shows you kind of creating like there are i think they called them like nodons or something but they're like icons that correspond to the different like the joystick or a button or a d-pad or something um and you can like map each of those to different functions and it shows the the trailer shows them creating like a, a rudimentary platformer um and then that it goes on to show that there are a bunch of different options of stuff you can do and and there's a bunch of uh there's like a a drawing aspect so you can presumably like create uh sprites i guess or something like that um so it seems to be i haven't looked uh a whole lot deeper into it there's some some videos i know game explained did a bunch of stuff on it when it came out um so I'll have to watch those, but it looks pretty cool, um, and it's cool that they they kind of use what what was a sort of a probably a, as as impressive as Labo was the the fact that it had like a built-in kind of programming language uh, was probably undersold, and so it's cool that they're just like, hey, we think that this ha- this can stand alone on its own. Um, the the immediate thing that comes to mind with it is like roblox because of the the kind of ease of um i guess a low learning curve uh the ability for for basically anyone who gets it to to make something from it um so yeah it, it's pretty cool and it's it's always nintendo always has like one of these that they'll have every once in a while it's like here is this really cool creative thing that it's also a very niche thing that only sp- that a small selection of people will be really excited about and we'll probably find really cool ways to do this and it'll be (laughs) but then it'll be mostly overlooked by like everyone else um but it's always fun to see when they come out with these and see what nintendo has figured out so that's a game builder garage i don't know if it's out now june Um, 11th yeah so next month but it looks looks cool it i I guess it (laughs) Have you seen if this thing is going to be like a full priced thing or uh I have not like what um, the I did I mean I imagine it will be like I saw there's like a a physical cart and box that you can get um so I don't Yeah, I don't I don't I don't really know how much it's what what, what the pricing on this is going to be. I'm sure it is somewhere um on Nintendo's page but I can't find it. Let's see. I'm looking really quick. It's uh $30. There you go. There so you yeah. Go. You know, I I mean what will get me to buy this possibly is if I I wonder if you could download other people's game. Yeah, you can share them. Okay. 
So it'll have to be other people creating really cool stuff that entices me to even bother downloading this. Yeah, so this will probably... This is... I guess a better equivalent than Roblox is probably Dreams, uh, which Sony has, but a more like... I again, I hesitate to say dumbed down because I don't know the extent of what can be done on this. But certainly, right. it appears at first glance to be uh, a smaller in scale than what Dreams is or what Dreams can be. Right. Looks looks pretty interesting. So yeah. we'll see. I I just don't have the creativity to make anything cool in this stuff. Uh, I always like to play other people's. Um, yeah like it was the same with little big planet back in the day and you know i just i'm not the one to make it i'll play yeah. and i mean hey that that might be like the what a lot of people end up i mean i i imagine lots of youtube videos will be made of people just going through different people's creations and trying to beat them much like with mario maker oh for sure for sure um seth you are our uh, kind of designated Apex Legends reporter at this point. Uh, what's what is happening on the front lines with season nine over there? Yeah, so of course season nine was set to start uh, the fourth, which is yesterday today. But depending on when you watch this, it will be it might be tomorrow if we're working on tenant rules. Um, unfortunately, because and. This is, you know, it's a double-edged sword, but because of the massive interest and the large amount of people trying to play, uh, the servers crashed. So, Season 9 launched, but also wasn't really playable. Uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, unfortunate. I, like, I didn't even try to play it yesterday. Because um, I'd seen earlier in the day that the servers were down. Um, apparently today they've just gone back up and like, I don't know where they're at now, but earlier today, like you could play, you could get into matches in BR and in the new arenas mode, but only like the original six playable legends are available to use. Like it won't let you select any of the other ones. And I guess the store wasn't working. Um, so yeah, they've had, they've, it, it must've been like a massive spike because, this is like this is season nine. They've done this um, eight other times and have not really had these issues. So it's kind of crazy. Um, but hopefully uh, soon. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, everything is back in tip-top shape, and you'll be able to hop in some three v three action with Valkyrie. But who knows? Yeah, it's. <laughs> It definitely is a who knows situation. I I mean, I wanted to play yesterday, but I ended up uh, just kind of snapping and then playing Pokemon Snap. So uh, it, I'm glad I didn't put aside time specifically to play it because it was down. So. All right. Apex. Let's, we'll talk the, if you haven't seen this Ratchet and Clank state of play from the other week and you are interested in that game, go watch it. It's 15 minutes of pure bliss. Uh, Seth, this game, uh, even more so than before, it looks like a Pixar 
movie, but in motion, like, like not in motion, but playable. Um, and it's, it is just wild seeing the, because Pixar movies, notoriously just a bunch of still images. Right, right, right. Um, it's, it's so amazing the amount of things they have on the screen moving at once and the particle effects and the combat. It looks so smooth. I'm so excited to play this game. June 25th, I believe. Uh, it's either before or after my birthday. It's in, it's in the teens or late 20s. I can't remember. But Ratchet and Clank rift apart. They did say, Seth, uh, if you've been hesitant to p- say you want to play it because maybe you wouldn't understand the story so far. They said, they went out of their way to say like five times in this thing that is a standalone adventure that you'll be able to play just by picking it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine it would have to be because outside of the movie tie-in game, which I guess was just sort of a retelling of the first game, like it's been a it's been a while since Ratchet and Clank has been on the scene, so... Yeah, for it sure. It would be foolish for them to make a game which heavily ties into the lore of of a like of a decade ago. Mhm. Yeah. Um so no don't you don't have to go back and play Ratchet and Clank the old ones. You can play this one. Um and it's it looks real good. Very excited to see what happens with it. Um, that is definitely one of those ones I watched and I'm like, that is already in the running for like my game of the year, probably, (laughs) even though I haven't played it yet, but it's, I just like watching someone play it. I know how it should feel. And I, you know what I mean? I'm hoping it does feel that good when I'm actually playing it. Yeah. Um, and our last bit of news is, you know, at this point, I think this has to be the last week, Seth. I think this has to be the last week of this news. I don't know, man. I Every time... There's so It's so long until, like, the movie comes out. It, yeah. And who, who the heck knows? We, we've been doing these cast updates for Borderlands the movie every week. Uh, not, and it's slowed down. But they just announced like seven new characters that are going to be in this movie. Yeah. With names. They're named characters. Yes. Yeah. Not just like this actor is joining in an unnamed role. Nope. We got no. names and they are very large names from within the game continuity. Um, Gina Gershon was casted as Mad Moxie. Uh, mm-hmm. someone... I think good, a solid, solid pick, I think. Uh, but again, the, I guess it's never quite clear what age Moxie is, but it does feel like, like with the other ones, it's just, it doesn't exactly line up the way you'd think it would. Right. Uh, we got a Hammerlock casting. We've got a Jacobs casting. They're going to be getting married in the game, supposedly. So weird. Uh, it's because that didn't happen until like a freaking DLC of number right. three. That didn't even happen right. in the base game. It's just yeah. it's all over the place, man. This we haven't even gotten to that DLC. We never will. <laughs> yeah, it's unlikely at this point. Um, I just it's 
I just don't. I I really and continue, continue. We got Scooter and Ellie are casted. Yes, and love Scooter. The, Glad to see he's back. Uh, I'll be very sad if they kill him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ellie, of course, is also a junkyard owner. Uh, along with him, Ellie's yes. a neat character. Um, I wonder how they're going to. Huh. I don't know if they'll handle that tastefully, and I don't want to think about it. Yes. Uh, because I don't even I mean, think it, it's tastefully done really in Borderlands either. It's definitely but. not. I mean, it kind of is, but but also, like, Ellie does not have the proportions of a human that can exist, I don't think. Right. I don't know. We'll see. And they casted Marcus, the weapons vendor. Yeah. Now this Which is it, one that actually makes sense. Um, Marcus not that huge of a character, but he's been in all of them and he's had little parts in all of them. So, and of course they have to have him because he's the guy at the beginning. He's like, "So you want to hear a story, huh?" So he's obviously <laughs> yeah. going to be the voice, the the intro voice, um, which I'm actually now that I think about it. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to be extremely furious. Oh, yeah. I feel like it has to. It's the it's the easiest thing that they can get right. Um, and I think it would automatically set the, the movie off on, like, a good starting point. Be like, oh, there's it. There's that, uh, there's that, that Borderlands that I know and love. Um, now, if so they really they want... mess that up. If they want bonus points, they'll bring back A No Rest for the Wicked. Mm, that... I could see that as uh end credits theme. Yeah. They need or to... uh, or better idea. We know all the rage now is the the kind of heavy orchestral versions of pop songs. Oh. In oh, trailers gosh. or in, in yeah. the uh the so that's gotta happen. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm just if they don't listen to the if oh my it's so easy. <laughs> like it's such an easy thing to do i'm gonna be mad if they don't do it yeah i've created this idea in my mind and now it has to be reality right or i'm gonna right. be upset yeah there's there's no way that this movie lives up to our expectations of what this should be uh well, no. because I, the third game still didn't live up to any sort but, of expectations well, but the, the one thing is i don't have like a extremely high expectations for the movie just because of how insane the cast is and like because I, I have no idea what the source but there are I still do have these expectations for the little things that they should do in the movie and so it's just going to be those weird random stuff and I'm going to be mad when I don't when it doesn't happen right uh, also funny Bobby Lee got casted as this character named Leonard or Terry or something Lenny they went out of their way to name it Name him. Yeah, I think it was yes. Larry. Yeah, Larry. He's a brand new character. Um, Just named yeah, Larry. So who knows? Uh, still very curious. But the one thing I want to like, I want to know why Zed isn't it hasn't been casted. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. There's no Zed, but he basically disappeared. Like he wasn't in three. I guess technically he was in two. But I don't 
I don't know. He wasn't. I don't. I don't recall. So it's. It seems they wrote him out of three. So it seems like they have just written him out, which is too bad. Yeah. Maybe he'll be in the DLC. Yeah. All right. And I. You know, it's interesting. The the further we go along without casting casting information of Handsome Jack, like. On the one hand, you, you still got to think it's going to be a thing, but on the other hand, uh, maybe it shows up as a um, a Thanos-style tease at the end. He's like, I'll do it myself. <laughs> Puts the mask on or something. Yeah, and it's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it, at this point, it has to be him. I mean, I don't think it should be. I think it's too easy. It is too easy. I'm trying to... Th- We've done it before. We don't need yes, to do it. Yes, we we've talked about this ad um, nauseum on this podcast. Movie cast, you know, whatever. Um so Seth, did you see any other news out there that you feel is worthy to talk about? Uh not especially. Hmm. All right. I'll um, tell you what, I watched the uh fourth episode of the World Ends With You animation today. Uh, the first one that has been drastically different, uh, still going along like the same direction of a story, but the actual th- things which take place, uh, quite a departure from what was in the game, both like action-wise and character motivation-wise. So, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. So, how are you watching this? Um, just I'm searching them on YouTube every week. Uh, like, are people posting them, or is like an official YouTuber? No, people are just posting them. Okay, um, but it is on. It's on Funimation. So if you have how it, many, how many episodes are there going to be? I don't know. There's four so far, uh, and they're up to like day three, week two. So, um. You could probably get maybe two more episodes a week, two, and then maybe three or four of week four of week three, and then a few episodes out of another day, the uh, Switch exclusive stuff. So probably about twelve, thirteen. All right, is my I'm, guess. I'm, I love to binge anime, so I have to wait. I have to. Like, I've been saving up My Hero Academia episodes in my back pocket for, like, a good day when I want to sit down and just sit through, like, three hours of episodes. Um, I Watching it week by week is too much for me. Um, so I, I, I look forward to your next update if you, if you do think this is good. Uh, and it, it is only the Japanese voice cast, right? Not the – are they dubbing this? I am not aware that they are. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, with that, we want to thank Joe for the bumper in the middle. If you want to submit a bumper, uh, hit us up at suplexesticks at gmail.com. Thank you for that. And we are going to, you know, Resident Evil 8 comes out this weekend. So look forward to hearing some about that because i'll definitely be playing it and um, we will talk at you next week bye
Goodbye.